Hello, and welcome to Against Austin, an Against Me podcast. I'm Dwayne, and I'm here with Austin. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, do you want to shut the fuck up until you're introduced? What the fuck? I'm here as Dawn. I can direct the show, baby. <laughs> yeah, so Dalton's here. Um, <laughs> if you catch my gear. Dalton, before we get into anything with you, I got some personal news I got to talk about. Okay. Uh, listeners of the show may not be aware of this, but one of my favorite bands is Apes of the State. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Uh, heard of. And next month, I'm going to go see them. I'm very yeah. excited. <laughs> okay, so I'm assuming this, you have not, you will not have run through the discography of Against Me before you go to that show, right? No. No. Okay. We record There'll once be every two one weeks. more episode before I go to Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne, no way. I know your last name, but I'm not going to say it. But pretend I did. If Dwayne. you think, if you think, if you think I'm going to do that, you're out of Dwayne. Your mind. <laughs> out of Dwayne. your mind. You got to there listen. No way. Let's go to the merch table and like zero percent chance. Listen, uh, <laughs> lead singer of ape of, of ape states. Listen, ape states. <laughs> <laughs> listen. I'm gonna eat you. I got this podcast called Against Me. I'm a big fan, and uh, my, po- my no podcast partner ever... is not. But <laughs> I'm gonna need you to come on this podcast and talk about Against Me with me. I'm not gonna talk to anyone about anything when I go to this show. What are you talking about, dude? I'm gonna look at my phone until it starts, and then I'm gonna go home. <laughs> I mean, I, don't... I mean, I will oh. go to the merch stand, sure, but I'm not gonna get real. This is this is this, okay. That. So, for example, this is what uh, Dwayne was Imagine, talking. Wait, I don't. Go ahead. <laughs> say, you go were ahead. talking about it to a coworker about if you catch my grift and never once mentioned that you had your own podcast. Of course, I did. <laughs> no, let me let me tell you that story. So, I wore my "If You Catch My Grift" shirt to work today, right? Hell yeah! And uh, I have new merch available at big at, at if you catch my grift uh, Every profit from every t shirt goes to the National Network of Abortion Funds. Go get one today. Thank you. <laughs> All right, and so um, <laughs> this 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 guy that I'm friendly with, he comes up and he goes, "Hey, what's this shirt you got?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, it's just a podcast." And he's like, "Yeah, I really like that a lot." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." You know, and he's like. What's it called? And I was like, oh, it's called If You Catch My Grift. And he was like, so what's up with like the cowgirl and stuff? I was like, oh, that's just the logo that they picked. You know, I don't really know. It has nothing to do with that. It's about like like grifters and con artists and stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah, that sounds really interesting. So I was like, yeah, yep, super interested. Mm -hmm." And uh, yeah, I don't know. He may listen. Dude. We shout out your show almost every. Episode. I know, I know. That's, that's what I'm more. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So, and huh. you had a guest spot on one of them. You did the Loomer episode with us. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that says featuring Dwayne in the title. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm like 50 50 on if he's actually going to listen. You know what I mean? But we'll see. Oh, no, buddy. He's in. He's in there. He's going to hear your sweet, sweet, sultry tones talking like, about Lord. That episode's from like a year ago. It's not going to pop up well, unless you like scroll. So I, I, I'll tell you a story that happened to me. I uh, was chatting with another um, podcast creator 
and we were having a good conversation. I'd listen to Joe Rogan. His. No, it was no, it's not <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> it was Ben Shapiro. So have you um, ever talked about DMC? Joe, you're welcome on the show anytime. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you got an open. You can say whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Ivermectin. I'll be like, all right, cool, let's do it. <laughs> well, listen, if my Joe COVID. goddamn Rogan wants to be on our podcast. You're goddamn right, Joe's coming on, baby. And we're talking, dude. Imagine talking about Alex Jones with Joe I, Rogan. I would not want to talk to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a ball. I'd have a ball. Oh my god, uh, so much fun! Right, but what I, were you gonna, what but were I was, what, what? So I was chatting, and the guy checked out my my Twitter profile. Like we were DMing back and forth on Twitter because he's got like a progressive, you know, interview show, and it's good. It's really good podcasts, and um, you know, like trying to network with different podcasters and and try to you know get to know people yeah, too. and I'm learn more that. about it. Anyway, he looked up That's and the first, main things that I do. What <laughs> networking? Mine's <laughs> always networking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a big networker. <laughs> That's why you got me, out man. There and meeting people and <laughs> so he, Meanwhile, Austin's trying to bully me into contact and knowledge fight. <laughs> all right, all right. Go ahead. So, go anyway, ahead. what what I was saying because we do have some things to get. To. Right, right. I know. I was. I didn't expect to tell the story, but it's quick. So he goes back and he goes, dude. You've it, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. He's like, you've got a you've got a podcast about against me. That's really awesome. And then he goes, and your grifter podcast looks good too. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank look, you, sir. Look at Don looks like he got he was a puppy, just got kicked. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so I thought hey, I did point. I did plug our podcast in another Discord today, and at least one person told me for a fact that they'd listen to it. So there you What's go. It, uh Queen Hooker. No, in no. a different Discord. Not a, why in we, her, in her, that's your Discord. I'm talking oh. about this is in the Uncle to Uncle Discord. Oh, okay. What's up? No, they have Franklin. No, it wasn't Franklin. Franklin oh. and Howard have both said they don't like against me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> you tell me they don't know in Hinduism, they don't get against me over there. <laughs> actually, actually, they both said that it, they were like, it's fine. It's all right. I'm not really into it though. Which I that's acceptable. Fair enough. I, like I'm not going to get upset if somebody doesn't like like music I like because whatever I'm not into band. I do. You know I what do. I mean? I do. I get really. I don't upset. care. But you also but get really best. excited when I when we do agree on music. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing makes me happier than when I tell someone like you should check out this band and they go, hey, I actually like this. Like it makes me so happy. But if they say I didn't like it, like well, okay, that's fine. Okay, can I? I'm going to piggyback off that because it's a perfect thing. I did have something on my notes that I talk about, and this is a makeup from last time because I fucked up and I didn't answer Marcy's question. Well, so I went God back. Damn it. I had this written down. I was going to do a gotcha. God damn it. I thought no. for sure you were. Uh, I, did. <laughs> I did. And I. <laughs> So I went and I just listened to one band this time. I wrote that down the second the episode ended. And I was like, you'll never fucking remember this. I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> I, remember, Fox. I remember. I remember. Fox. That's what I, that's what I listened yeah. to. hundred Gex. Because yeah. I heard Mark. Did you listen to it. Charlie XCX? No. Charlie XCX is all over their fucking radio. How have you not listened to Charlie Where X? am I listening to the radio at? Everywhere. Every store you go into. At my store, I have control of the speaker. We just listen to like fucking Apes of the State. Yeah, and, and Metallica. <laughs> and the stores, the stores I go to all play uh, Spanish music, so I don't, I don't hear any Charlie XCX. But I listen to Hundred Gex. All right, 
And I will say, let me just let me put this up okay. before you say that. Charlie XCX is about 100 times bigger than 100x, like like okay, Billboard but, Top 40 big. Yeah, okay, but I don't, I don't care about that. And the reason I did 100x mm. is I remember Marcy talking about how she was going to their show and she's a big fan and, and yeah, like, like great, great fan. So I checked it out. I liked it. I did. I it made me it cracked me up is actually what it did. It made me laugh. And I was like, you know, it's rare that music actually makes me laugh without being a fucking parody. Um, but I listened to the two songs that I liked are probably their were their two most popular songs Money on on yep, on on Spotify, Money Machine and Hand Crushed by a Mallet. And I was like, this is fun. I like this. I could throw this in every once in a while. I don't know if I could sit down and listen to a whole album like end to end, but I was like, if this came on a mix, I'd be great. Yeah, right. Marcy, you got good taste in music on Mars. Yeah, go Marcy. Yeah, you, you, you're you're one for one. Mm, Marcy, I like you. I think you're a very <laughs> nice person. <laughs> I don't know if I'd agree you have good taste in music, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah. Marcy went to a comeback kids show the other day. Wore it, and if you catch my Griff T-shirt to the show, she wore a sh- shirt for a podcast that I'm a part of to one of my favorite fucking bands in the world's show. That's insane, dude. I almost cried when she you posted was, that. It's adultception right there. Dude, I almost <laughs> fucking cried. Like, that meant so much to me. <laughs> it's little things. So, she, right, has I, great, she has great taste in podcasts. Thank you. <laughs> music, you know. <laughs> I've never heard the comeback kids. So I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> the uh, comeback kids. <laughs> yeah, ape state. Okay, come on. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's go. Okay, <clears throat> I did have a few questions for Dalton since he's here. How did you? Uh, how did you first find against me? Um, just through bands and like, uh, ever heard of the fest down in Gainesville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, against me headlined a bunch of fests. Yeah, a bunch of them. Because, you know, of course, Gainesville, Florida is their hometown. Yep. But I mean, Florida boy, basically. Of course. But uh, I've heard of heard of them that way. But I didn't really go into a deep dive until Dwayne started this podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, Have you been to any concerts post COVID? I guess we're not post COVID, but since they started letting you go to things again. Um, if you think South Georgia for a minute stopped letting shows happen, <laughs> oh, okay, well. you're out of your goddamn In North Carolina, we did not have any shows for about a year and a half. The <laughs> uh, shout out by Ross DIY House. Uh, so just keep it on, keeping on. Free masks at the door, and let's go, let's do this thing. What, well, what notable concerts have you been to? Um, none, like, well, most of them local bands. Uh, probably the one that to- gets out on tours the most would be Machinist, which is a hardcore band from Valdosta, Georgia. But uh, besides that, most of them haven't like left the state. What's the one that you broke your finger at? Uh, oh yeah, that was post COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went and saw uh, Every Time I Die, Eighteen Visions, Sixty Eight, and uh, fuck who opened? Uh, Vane, Vane FM, uh, down in Jacksonville. And boy, let me tell you. Every time I go to this band's shows, which it won't happen anymore because that band is dead. R.I.P. But uh, every time I've went to this band shows, I've hurt myself. Somehow. This is why the whole hardcore thing is so stupid to me. Like, ugh. it happened <laughs> in the weirdest. It would happen at a punk show. You know why? Because it didn't happen with me moshing. Nobody hit me. Nobody did anything. I was trying to crowd surf to the front so I could stage dive because that's my thing. I love stage diving. That is my shit. Sure. It is my shit. So I'm stage. I'm crowd surfing to the front, 
and I get to, there's like a short barricade, then there's the stage. There's no security out in front of the stage or anything. You're just barricade and it's immediately staged. And I get dumped over the barricade and I'm about to land on my head. So I throw my arm out and my pinky just does that. And yeah. And it is broken. Like it is very broken. And I'm just like, I got, I got to get, I got to soldier through (laughs) because I'm already like a few drinks deep. I'm like, I can't get out of here and go to the hospital. Yeah, of course not. That'd be crazy. (laughs) So, you know, I stage dive and I continue like continue moshing and stage diving throughout the show. I get to the car and I drunkenly text Austin and Charlie. I'm like, <laughs> I think my finger's broken. And I send them a picture of it. And I went back and looked the next day. And it's the blurriest nonsense that you can see. <laughs> that you, that you can see. Oh. Yeah, that's my post-COVID show experience. So there's two things that like, if it, there's, there's two distinct groups of people that Dalton will text, depending on what the scenario is, right? Okay. One, if it's legitimately like something of concern that he needs to alert someone close to him. He'll, he'll text his wife too. If he did something fucking stupid, he goes right to me. Like that's right. the first oh, time. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a special one. That's, that's, that's our relationship. Uh, yeah. Uh, RIP uh, every time I die. And if you have not seen 68, they're probably my, the closest thing I have to a favorite band right now. I really think Dwayne would like them. They're the opening wrong. song for our yes, If You Catch My Griff. They are the uh, intro song for If You Catch My Griff. But I think Dwayne would like them. He had a chance to go to one of the shows, but he stood in a fucking merch line for Corn instead <laughs> of seeing them open the show. <laughs> I'll tell a story about that. So the first, because uh, I don't think I've talked about this in the show, the first show that I went to at, after they started letting you go back to stuff last year <clears throat> was Corn and Stained, right? And we talked about before, like I was a new metal guy. And corn is like it's been a while. Like I really like corn a lot. Like Limp Biscuit, we've talked about before, and I do like have some fondness for, and I do appreciate like in an ironic way, and like I do have a lot of nostalgia for them. But like I went back and listened to some of their stuff like more recently, and it's their albums are awful. They have some pretty good singles, but their albums are. But corn is like a band that I legitimately like, really like. Like I think they're especially their first like you know four or five albums are really good. You know, some of the stuff they've done in the last 10 years or so, I'm not crazy about, but you know, um, getting down with the twist, the transistor. <laughs> I didn't like the dubstep album that they did. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. yeah they did a, yeah. They did a dubstep oh, no. album. And you know who they did it with? Like, Skrillex, do you remember that guy? Oh no, <laughs> my wife yeah. really likes that. Album. It was like really, well, really likes that. Album. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna win Vic over, I'm gonna pretend like I like Skrillex. So it was, it was, <laughs> you'd be better off with something more grimy like Sudden Death or Void. All right, I'm writing these down because I really am gonna do a podcast with your wife one day. It was, it was corn and stained, and uh, I got to the show late because I didn't care about the opening band, and uh, like, <laughs> like I said, I stood in the. <laughs> In the merch line. And, Only uh, my favorite fucking band. But anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing I was going to say was like, um, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show or not. I don't know how familiar people are with uh, er- what Aaron Lewis has been up to in the last five or six years. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's a big right wing guy. And uh, the uh, there was definitely like people that were there to see corn. And there were people that were there to see Stained, and the people that were there to see Stained like knew about his politics and were like 
pumped about it. You know, giddy up. So, online apparel. I've got to imagine, based on like how the show went, that there was some kind of conversation between Corn and Stained, where Corn told them like, "Do not say any fucking political shit at all on stage." Like. Absolutely not, because Corn uh, well, is a very like apolitical band, like on purpose. Like they, they do that. I just think they're too dumb to have any opinion on politics. Like they're just not smart guys. And like I can imagine they were just like, "Look, man, uh, this is people's first show back from COVID. Let's not make it a bummer." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so, just, so like literally, Aaron Lewis just goes out there like, "Why are you wearing the mask? Go yeah, ahead and take uh, off the mask." Oh, brother, there were no masks. Let me. Th- it was out. It was outside. I will say it was outside, but there was not a single mask. Uh, it was it was as if on that night as if COVID had never happened. And um, so Stained, like, he did not say anything, like, in between any songs. Uh, but I thought their set was pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, they played their hits, the songs you'd want to hear. And I like... I like the singles from Stained. I think they're pretty good. I mean, fucking, you can't say it's been a while. It's not good. Come on. Outside. The best rock songs of all time. Yeah, it's a great song. So, um, um, but there was a guy in the front row that had a giant. Austin, hold on, Dwayne. Oh, I hate to cut you off. Yeah. Austin, don't make that face. Look <laughs> up the numbers for It's Been a While and Outside and Mud Shovel and tell me. Tell, numbers don't lie, brother. Numbers tell, do not okay. lie. I'll tell you another stain. Okay, story. I'm not even going to address this, that. I'm not, even, I'm not even going to argue with that. I'm just going to sit gonna here and make a stank face. You guys talk about your new mouth. All right, so there's a guy in the front row who has a giant flag that says, fuck Joe Biden, right? And uh, Derek, yeah, brother. after one of the songs, Aaron Lewis just kind of like mumbles into the microphone like, hey, I like your flag. <laughs> Giant pop. The place went nuts. Like, biggest reaction other, of the night other than like when Corn played blind. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, I guess I'm just going to sit here and not say shit. Like, I'm just gonna, like, <laughs> but, I, but okay, so honestly, and that that's true for people on the left and the right. Which I also hate Joe Biden. So what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like who cares? I don't know. Like, hey, for tonight, let's not get into it. We all hate Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not like, delve into it any deeper. Solidarity. I'm just glad I didn't say let's go Brandon, because if you can't say this fuck Joe Biden. That happened. This is before <laughs> okay, that happened. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the other stain story I was going to tell, and this is not fuck it. We'll just get into it. This has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. But uh, I went to a um, like a Comic-Con in Raleigh a few years back and they had the Hardy Boys there and um, they had like a Q&A session with them that I went to. It was like the end of the day and I just want to sit down and chill. And so um, Charlotte Flair was also there. And uh, someone asked them, like, hey, have you ever met a celebrity that really made you mark out? And uh, Matt Hardy said something that I don't remember. And Charlotte Flair was, like, really lame. She was like, one time my dad met Axl Rose and called me and told me about it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> when it got to Jeff Hardy, he just sat in silence for, like, 45 seconds, just, like, staring at the floor. And he looked up and he goes, oh, one time I was at this gun range. And I had this really cool gun, but I couldn't figure out how to fire it right, you know. And this guy said, hey, man, let me help you with that. And I looked up 
and it was Aaron Lewis from Stained. And I said, oh, man, it's been a while. Outside, mud Shovel. He's got so many great songs. I couldn't believe it. Did you tell me this? this I've told that story before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, North Carolina zone. Oh, fuck yeah. That was fuck one of the yeah. funniest things I've ever seen. Because he, like... <clears throat> He was not animated in this Q and A. Like he, you could tell he just like did not care. But when he remembered that story, he got like so animated. He was like gesturing with his hands. He's like, "Oh man, I couldn't believe it!" <laughs> oh, oh shit! Fuck oh, yeah! All right, Dalton, let's get back to you. Since uh, there may not be, you may not be back on the show. Who knows? But is it, <laughs> is, there, is, <laughs> is there any specific like against me songs, whether we've got to them or not, that you, you want to talk about while you're here? Oh, what are some of your favorites? I think I've talked about what you've told me your favorites are. You like um, Miami, Miami, the uh, yeah. Total Clarity version of Miami specifically. Okay. Um, the Ocean. I just think that's like a really like break out the tissue box type song. Right. Um, violence. I really like violence. I like okay, violence okay. a lot. Um, and baby, I'm not, baby, I'm an anarchist. Sure. If I couldn't get any more basic fish with my answer, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you uh, let you in on my life, a little personal part of my right. life right now. My on repeat playlist on Spotify, fourth from the top. Can you read that one right Miami. there? Miami. Yep. Right. Yeah, man. You've done, you've done, you've changed my life for the better, Dwayne. <laughs> you and this podcast. I'm just surprised life. that there's two Shania Twain songs on your your top five there. I don't I ha- I don't know how to um let's see what there, we got here. Oh, there's man. not a Shania Twain song, but there is a Hank Williams Jr. song. Hmm. I prefer I Hank a, Williams the third. I would I not have guessed. tradition. Oh God! you blow smoke? you live out the songs that you wrote? I would not have guessed this top five, but there's not any against me on there. <laughs> Two well, X of the state songs. Uh... <laughs> oh, mine's different. I thought it was going to be fucking all against me these days. Nope. Number one song on repeat: "Lean on Sheena" by the Bouncing Souls. That's like one of the all-time hmm. best songs ever. Oh my it's god, it's so good. Did you know something? I learned this like a year ago. You know that's a cover song? No. Yeah, and the original's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's funny is one of the songs you're gonna talk about tonight from an album we talked about tonight is on my repeat. And I have to say, I think, and I'm not gonna say what it is because it'll spoil the ending of the episode, it might actually end up on my like really repeat songs i mean i just i i liked it that much where this this will live on on my like post against austin playlist uh my number one song is um sidewalks by it's the state nice i totally did not i wouldn't have guessed that though but that's what it yeah we should post these like take screenshots and post them i don't know i don't know about that yeah i'm i'm learning as we go i feel like i i don't go back and listen to the show like once i'm done with it with the final edit i feel like uh i'm pretty proud of the murder brian episode i think that was legitimately like really good yeah um i think the last one where he answered questions is pretty fun there's no way i would listen to like 
the first couple again because I just. I, but I, I feel the same it. way. I think that's yeah. what it is. Like we're we're over a year into the other podcast, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I I actually honestly feel like the last two episodes we've finally started like firing right. all cylinders. Really, yeah. like we've done yeah. 36 episodes now, and yeah. it wasn't until 35 that I'm like. Fuck yeah, this feels good. Finally, that it wasn't is, at least for me. For me, it was Tammy Faye. Like Tammy Faye oh, yeah, was when Tammy I realized was, that, no, like, right. okay, we're actually not. We only bad have seventeen episodes. episodes, so sorry, everybody. We're only going to get to about mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, uh, it, it, just in general with podcasting, I think is what it took. So now I'm feeling, I'm feeling. Got to get your reps in. All right, it's true. You gotta, you gotta do. It's not. I mean, was that idiot Malcolm Gladwell say ten thousand hours? That's not true. But I definitely think that <laughs> it does take a while before you go. And I think that's why a lot of podcasts delete their early catalogs. Yeah, you know, there's a ton of them out there that have deleted their early shit. I was so nervous the first episode that like people would hear this and get mad at me. And no, they're like, gonna get oh, mad at me. That's turns out just role. nobody's gonna listen, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, All right, Austin. Dalton's gone, so enough of whatever that was. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this time. We got two different releases to look at. We got about thirteen songs to talk about. Let's get right into it, Austin. The first thing that we're going to talk about today is New Wave B sides. It came out on July 29th, two thousand and eight. The title is pretty self-explanatory, uh, and everything is the same as new wave so we're not going to go over who's in the band right. who the producer is it's all the exact same as new wave these were songs that were recorded alongside the songs on new wave they just did not make the final album listen to against austin episode six you bums if you want to know about new go. wave there you go all right so before we get into that i did want to bring up a couple things these are not the only uh b-sides that were released for new wave there was a lot of stuff released for New Wave. So uh, we did not talk about this stuff because we're already talking about so much today and just felt kind of redundant. But if you want to find them, there are remixes for White People for Peace and Stop. Those are both on pretty much any streaming service. They're really easy. To- I'm not a fan of remixes, so I don't really care about that at all, but they are out there. Uh, there are also acoustic versions of Animal and New Wave that are a little bit harder to find. Uh, they're not on any streaming. The version of Animal, you can find pretty easily on YouTube. If you just search for Animal Acoustic, it pops up. Um, I like it. It's a different take on a song. I wouldn't say it's anything you gotta he- got to hear. And the, the acoustic version of New Wave is actually really hard to find. Uh, it was only released as a physical release on a UK exclusive single. So um, <clears throat> it was never available digitally. And uh, I did some minor digging and I couldn't find it anywhere, but I, I have heard it before. I, I had it at one time on a computer that I no longer have. But um, both of these acoustic versions are interesting but nothing you've got to hear but i just wanted to say for the completionist out there there are more songs to dig up 
than the ones that we talk about today. I'm kind of glad you didn't find the acoustic ones because I feel the same way as you do about most remixes, but I also feel that way about acoustic versions of, okay. of songs. I, I just am not an acoustic guy. If it's an acoustic right. artist, I get it, right? Like I get sure. like your whole shtick is a guy and a guitar. Like go yeah. back to Mountain Goats, like at the beginning of his career, but like yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't like the the Starbucks version of your song. Sure. All right. Well, Austin, <clears throat> I think that's all the background info I had. I kept it pretty light here. I mean, th- this one's pretty much what it says. These are songs from the singles to New Wave that were not on the final album. So I don't have a ton to say about overall here. I'll just say that I like pretty much all these songs, but I can see for the most part why they didn't make the cut. Yeah, I absolutely. It was like, this is definitely the B-sides. Yeah. I And I, I always approach B-sides like, I'm going to find one thing that I'm like, wow, this is really good. You know, like, and, and because historically, when I when I look at, you know, B-sides, I'm like, there's always like one or two that I'm like, wow, this was really good. This is better than a B-side. These, I was like, okay, I get it. Next. I think they picked the best songs for the album. For the most part, I agree with that. With one exception that we'll get to, but. Oh, I wonder if it's the same song I'm thinking of. The first song that we're going to talk about here, Austin, is Gypsy Panther. And this was the B-side to the Stop 7-inch. Stop is a song that I think pretty much everybody knows how we feel about that one. Uh, But (laughs) the B-side here, Gypsy Panther, I have to say, this song ruled me quite a bit as I listened to it. Uh, it was never a song I really thought that much about before, but uh, I, I, I dig it. Um, and this is just a song uh, about stuff that we talked about before, where the band just feels lost when they're not on the road. It's you depressing. Know? It's it, it is one of the more depressing songs. I mean, when, so the first time I listened to it, I was like, cool. Like, yeah, I like this. It's a pretty tempo. And then yeah. I, I listened to it a couple more times. I started to kind of absorb the lyrics and I was like, I don't know if I like this. This <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what I love about Laura is, yeah, that ability to do that. So yeah, no, it's it, I, I do. I admire and I appreciate that, but I'm like, oh God. And I think like as but there, there really is a feeling in the band at the time, this specific period in time, 2008, where like they really feel like the live shows is all they got. They don't want to be around each other. Yeah. I mean, she talked about in the book that basically everybody agreed, like they won't break up. They're done doing this, but like contractually we have, we are obligated to make another album. Right. So we have to at least do that. Yeah. I so, also just, um, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not like coming at this as like a, God, I hate saying things like this, but like as, as someone who is a, creator and i dropped out art school i have been a freelance illustrator i'm now creating podcasts whatever i feel like a dickhead for saying like i'm a creator i i just never want to get to be that i i I, it's a nightmare scenario to be a slave to creating right in the sense that yeah if i'm not making something or performing or doing something like that my life is so miserable and this is exactly what this song is about and i was like this is horrifying but it's a fucking good song so a big big point of contention at the in the band at the time was laura felt like they had to always be on tour and the rest of the band felt like we got paid we've made our money like let's 
you know, so I, uh, I pretty much agree with what you said, though. I really like this song. It's really like up tempo and fast. And uh, but yeah, it's pretty sad. It's and, sad. Uh, sad. I was, you know, I was... I like my favorite songs are sad ones. So, yeah, for me, that's this. I really like this one. It really grew <laughs> on me. All right. Let's move on to song number Wait, two. So I did. I did hear something. And I don't know. I don't know okay. how much you read about this, but on um, Genius.com, which is formerly RapGenius.com, it's a lyric site where people sure. can annotate. I use but, that one. Quite yep. Often. And someone commented that the title for Gypsy Panther was inspired by Bruce Springsteen's Gypsy Biker from his album Got the it. year before in 2007. Uh, <clears throat> Don't know if it's true. Listen to it. I could see why like Laura would have been attracted to a song like that. Cause it's like a guy coming back from war and, and there's, there's a lot of those ties. In I here. know. Laura was a big Bruce Springsteen fan. That I don't know was when, what I would he, say. Yeah. when he's going to come up again. So I want to talk about this because he really is an artist that I just don't, I don't get it. Like what, what is okay. like, so, okay. But here, no, hold go ahead. Here's go ahead. Here's go ahead. Here's and you say your piece and I'll say, here's thing with Bruce Springsteen, right? It's like guys just up there like mumbling. And he's like, well, they blew up the chicken, man. Well, you don't seem that worried about it. So what do you want me to do? Like, you don't seem that concerned. Is it a big deal or not? Like, I can't stand any music where people are mumbling. Okay. So quit doing that. And also, it's just like the most generic sounding rock. Like, what does this guy do that's so great? I will say, okay. I used to feel that way. I did for a long time. I didn't like Springsteen. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I hated that song "Glory Days" about a baseball I'm team. Born in the USA. Or born in the USA. Like, that's I still can't stand that song. That's it, actually anti-war. And it's like I, fuck I, off. I don't like either of those songs. I really don't. I genuinely do not like <laughs> yeah. those songs. But when you get a little deeper, he he's kind of this guy that's just like, and I'm not. I'm not the biggest Springsteen fan, but I've grown to really appreciate him and his music. And I think that he takes, he takes some chances in his later performance or his later albums, but I think he's just like, Hey, I'm just a blue collar guy, which is not true because he's made millions he's doing and millions a fucking of dollars. Podcast with fucking Obama. With Fuck Obama. This guy. Yeah, no, I get that. I That's, this is old. I'm talking about earlier stuff, you know, when he was, okay. he's like a blue collar guy from Jersey. This thing's about other blue collar people. And I, I, I kind of get the vibe. I, I, I don't, I don't love his stuff. I like it, but I, I get it now. And it took me a long time to even get there. Cause I was right there with you. If I have to hear born, if I hear born on the USA, I will skip to the next song. I can't stand the song. I think it's <laughs> terrible. I think it's so, you know, like overly patriotic. And even if people are like trying to convince themselves that it's a fucking protest song, it's just, it, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Part right. of him. But, I don't know how much we'll leave into that. Cause I don't want to get in trouble, but you get in trouble. All you want. I don't care. Let's move on to the next song. Uh, I don't. I'm going to edit out the part where I, song, I sing, though. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not saying it. That's a Maybe highlight well. for me. Maybe anyway, we'll, let's we'll, go. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right, awesome. let's, let's move on to song number two, which is so much more. This was the B-side to the new wave single. Um, and this one... I'll let you bad. go first. What, it, what, it's you bad. Like it? It's not a good song. Oh, I no. like this song. Okay. Really? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wrote. I wrote. I don't is, like love it. I don't go crazy. I don't know. For it, but I, I like. I, I like this, it. All right. My my comment, word for word, kind of feels like a throwaway song. I was not having it. All right. Well, this is kind of a song about Laura sort of feeling like a sellout and just feeling like no amount of adulation is ever going to be enough to make her not feel like a fraud. And, but uh, we've heard this song. 
right? And we've heard this song a lot, and, and but we've heard it written better than this song. This is, I think, okay. at this point, my relationship with with against me and Laura Jean Grace, and this is me. I, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm out of line with this, but I'm also just like. I'm I'm cheering Laura on as a songwriter, right? And when it comes okay. to a point where I'm like, "Girl, you can do better," that's okay. what I think, right? <laughs> All right. And maybe that's misogynist. It could be. I don't. Maybe it is. But I'm just like so. I like. Fun. I just want her to be the best that she can be. And when she does, she writes a song that I'm like, "You can do better," and I know it. Get back well, in there and do it again. One thing that we talked about on New Wave was that, um, you know, Butch Vig just told her, just keep writing, just write whatever you can think of, just write songs. So a lot of these songs weren't intended to be released. They just kind of were made. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. And I get it. I get that it's a big record label and they want to make as much money as they can. I, uh, yeah, I like this song. Like I said, I don't love it. I don't go crazy over, over it, but I, I like it. I like the, uh, yeah, I like the lyrics a little bit. I think it's good. But uh, let's move on to number three, which is uh, Full Sesh. And this was the B-side to the White People for Peace single. And I got to tell you something. I didn't like this one much at all. Oh, I really like this song. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay. What did you like about it? I just liked it was like a fight song. It was anthematic. It was just like, let's go. Let's fucking do it. In the end, I will win. It's like, don't fuck with me. I just like it. I just, yeah, I just felt like it never really gets going. I mean, there's not much to it, right? It's a very surface yeah, song, right? It's, it's very much. What I wrote, the first sentence I wrote is, it's fine. It's, you know what it is? This is a song out of all of the Against Me songs that we've heard or listened to so far. This I could see being a song that they'd play in a sports arena, right? Okay. Like, this is the song. Where yeah, like, that's not what I'm looking for for music. <laughs> well, but I don't think that it's out of place, right? I think music can do a lot sure. of different things at the same time. And I really like this. I was like, fuck them up, right. Laura. Fuck them up. You know, okay, also, right. I, I think maybe it's maybe I'm a little bit more keenly aware of it, but like, you know, like I think we're about to go through some. We, we're already going through, but we're about to go some, through some even darker times in terms of specifically LGBTQ rights. And I think, you know what? Let's get a fucking anthem that says "fuck you." We're gonna fuck you up. Like we're gonna win. We're gonna do this. And I don't think it's necessarily true that we're gonna win, but I think as a rallying call, as a as a as a song that just really gets people pumped up, I liked it. And maybe two years ago i wouldn't have felt the same way but right now this hit me in a way that i was like fuck yeah i like this song hell yeah let's all do right it. cool i'm glad all we right, disagreed move. yeah that's that doesn't we, bother me we've I'm been like, agreeing too much lately i think that's more interesting you know than if we just if you just go like oh yeah 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 i agree yeah, with good. everything you said you're good Dwayne. go yeah. <laughs> all right let's move on to song number four which is untitled it is also later known as graceful concession okay good i was gonna ask there is there is an alternate version of it that we will talk about a little later tonight but uh for right now uh it is untitled and it was only released on the new wave deluxe edition which came out in the uk um i really like this song a lot i think it's one of their more underrated songs I think this is the one song here that I'm like, I think if you swap this out for stop, new wave is better. 
Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I would agree with that. Um, I yeah, no, I I I totally agree. I want to know this this song had more questions. Who's going to want to know specifically who's it's about? And I don't know. Yeah, I know. Is that and your I, question? And I don't. I I actually don't think it's probably about anyone specific. Right. I believe it's so. Essentially, what the song is about for people who haven't heard it is um, just sort of feeling like you can never live up to. Uh, your heroes and you can never sort of write songs as good as the bands that you were a fan of coming up, but also being inspired by that and that motivating you, uh, even though you feel inadequate, you are inspired to try even harder. Right. And uh, And I think think it's a really cool and interesting song. I do too. And I, I would say that, I mean, it's, it may be a tag. It's not good. You go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I haven't read a ton. I haven't read any interviews with Laura Jean Grace. I mean, I really, I just haven't because that would ruin the podcast, sure. you know? And, but I would, I think this would be a question I would ask and not necessarily, I would frame it around this song, but I would say, Hey, listen, this is clearly a metaphor for a lot of bands. I'm sure. Like there's no yeah. way it's about one specific band, but right. if you had to say one specific band that like you felt this way about who would it be and i'd be really curious to know maybe you know but again i just want to reiterate i really like this song a lot of the five songs here this is the one that i would say people should check out the rest of it eh, you know whatever but this one i really like a lot would you agree or disagree with i don't know if you said like definitively it's not my favorite on the album that's all okay fair enough let's move on to song number five which is called you must be willing this is the B-side to the Thrash Unreal single. And this is the only acoustic song that was released from these recordings. Um, Laura and Butch both felt really strongly about there not being any acoustic songs on the album, that it be like all electric. Um, but she did record a few acoustic songs, and this is one of them. <sighs> yeah. I can feel the same way. I really like the lyrics of this song. Like, I think it's a really smart and interesting song, but the song itself, it just feels kind of flat to me. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. I I wrote this. This is the most B side song here. Like this really just feels like the stuff that was thrown on there. And the fact that it came out as the B-side for Thrash Unreal, this fucking That's song so weird. did not have a <laughs> chance. Had no <laughs> chance. Like, I almost feel like they put it on that because they knew Thrash Unreal was going to be the single. And they're like, well, maybe we'll, you know, get a few numbers out of this song. I just wrote, I wrote two words for this. I wrote slow and meandering. And then it's yeah. like, those are, I just, uh, I didn't. It's I, a song about how, like, if you, if you are really, uh, wanting to reach your goals like you have to be willing to sacrifice and give up everything and and sort of trust your instincts to get where you need to go but does it feel like complete uh, well and i would say as a whole i mean and i mean i said this at the beginning i think maybe i didn't um that this very much feels like these are the b-sides for a reason yeah you know like this is right I, there's nothing wrong with any of them i don't dislike any of them i really don't yeah but none of them i was like goo goo gaga i want to fucking listen to this over and over right and then and and basically at the time this just kind of came out with much fanfare the the label just kind of put it out on itunes and it was a digital release yeah it was only digital yeah uh basically all these songs show up on the um uk exclusive deluxe edition 
um, that we talked about a little earlier. And so when they released that, they sort of released this digitally everywhere else. Ready to move on to the next release. Let's move on to the best. All right. Or the next. Are... Sorry. <laughs> it is the best album of the two we're talking about. Sure, <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to the Heart Burns EP. This was the only thing that we're going to talk about that is technically not an Against Me release. Uh, this is just Laura by herself, a solo EP. Basically, the backstory here, before we get into anything else, is uh, she took some of these songs to the band. They kind of had like a mixed reaction to them. That made her mad. <laughs> so she basically just was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. And um, <clears throat> with the exception of one song here, Laura plays every instrument uh, on every song. Now, the drums are a drum machine. It's a drum machine, yeah. Yeah, except for one song, which we'll get to uh, when we get to that song. Um, Butch Vig is the producer. The label wanted this to just come out as an Against Me release. Laura was basically adamant. Hey, I did this all on my own. No one else contributed. I want this under my fucking name. And uh, that kind of caused even more tension with the label, which was already pretty tense, even more tension with the band, who was pretty much on the verge of splitting up already. Uh, and basically, the label just kind of put this out without a lot of support or like advertising. You kind of had to just be like, a big against me fan to know this was even there, despite the fact that it came out on fucking Warner brothers, you know? (laughs) So I, I think I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that the band didn't like this and she went ahead and did it on her own. I really am. I think I I pretty much agree with that. I will say to me, this is up there like with the first two albums, uh, which are excellent. Cowboy, not Cowboy. you know the, the early ones, but yeah, this to me is like one of the best things she ever did. I really, really like this a lot. Um, but it's different. Too. Oh, it's totally different. I mean, there's there's some songs on here that are like like explicitly not against me songs. Right. Like she's definitely making a clear effort to go like, no, this is my solo stuff, which is different than what I do with against me. Um, I'd say for the from the sound, I think the content is still very much within the 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 against. Sure, the, I think the like lyrics are a little lyrics, more experimental yeah. on some of these songs. All right, Austin. So let's get into your. What are just your overall thoughts about this? I am really glad this was part of the homework assignment. All right. Yeah, I'm glad because this is one of my favorite. I favorite really, albums. I really dug it. I yeah. as I, you know, I don't know how. You call this an EP, feels like an LP, considering that all of their albums are so basically short. the last two songs are bonus tracks. Okay. It's only officially seven songs, but okay. basically every so, only the actual like physical like records had didn't have the bonus tracks. Okay. Basically, like every every version that came out was the nine songs, but technically the last two songs are bonus tracks. I just I I thought it was, but it is more of like a it's basically a full length album. It is it's an LP. Yeah. Anyway, I, I my thing was is I thought I was like 
is this what Laura has wanted to do for a while, but wasn't allowed to do? That was my first thought. I don't know if it was allowed. I just don't think she felt like she could. I think she felt like against me had to be a certain thing. Right. Or, or the band members had input and they didn't want to do that. And I I think that one of the, one of the uh, things that she did say this, that, um, there were quite a few of these songs which she took them to the band and Warren was just like, well, I don't know how you want me to do drums for that. Like, I don't know like what. Right. And she said that that just really pissed her off. Cause she's just like, well, that's unacceptable. You're the drummer. Right. Like, figure it well, out. But, 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 but I think that like, I, I think it's interesting in the, in the way, like as a bigger picture, it, it's being a part of a band is compromised. Right. One of the, one of the things that I really have taken away from her book. And again, this is all her side of the story. I haven't read. Andrew doesn't have a book. You know what I mean? Warren didn't write a book. So I can't, you know what I mean? I can only, but it really feels like um, Laura's a very creative person. And the guys in the band are, they're definitely artists and like musicians. Oh yeah. but, But they're not like, they're not interested in the creative process. Tell us what to play and then we'll go play it. And I think Laura just kept, wanting them to be more involved and then it got to a breaking point where as they got more successful they want to be less involved in the creative process right and she wants them to be even more involved because now there's all this money on the line and uh, that was a big source of tension and that was one of the big things that led to her deciding to do something solo um but but also Working in a group, you have to compromise Absolutely. some of your vision, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is why I think it's really fascinating to see a solo album come out and sound different, so much different yeah. than the, the the band's output. And I think yeah. that that's like as a as a relic in yeah. what we're do what what we're doing on this show. Yeah. I think it's really fascinating to see like, hey, if Laura was left to her own devices this is what against me might sound like, right? right? Sure. Potentially. I, I don't know, but like this, this could be the sound. And I think that that's really fascinating. I think, Hey, at this point, boy, we, we really would have t- taken a turn and done something very different. Right. Yeah. If it was only up to Laura and I, I mean, it was still primarily up to Laura, but she had other people in the band that she had to get yeah. together. That, but it, so I think as a as as kind of a like you said an, an artifact, a relic of like this excavation project that I'm doing, that I'm on yeah. as someone who's not listening to any of this stuff. I think it's really I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's really good. I really yeah, a couple more things I wanted to say was like every song is so different and interesting, and there's very like minor instrumentation. I mean, it's, it's, it's really heavily focused on the vocals and the lyrics. And yep. uh, like, I wouldn't say it's perfect here because, you know, Laura's not like an expert guitar player or bassist, you know what I mean? But it feels so fresh and personal. Yeah. Like it just real. I really clean, clean yeah. is the word I kept. I really like this a lot. All right. All right. <clears throat> All right. Let's get into song number one, which is Random Hearts. This really feels about as far away from against me as like Laura could possibly go. Yep. Like we're starting off right away. Like, okay, don't expect new wave or Axl Rose again. This is something different. I'm like, this is almost like a pop song. Like, yep. Really a lot of like heavy bass, like I, machine. I, 
Yeah, I really like this song. It's, it's really cool and interesting. Uh, and it's just kind of a song about music bringing people together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I really like this. Uh, really what do you think it. about it? I said it's catchy. Yeah. It's clean. I love, love, love the drum machine. And that's not yeah. a dig on the, the actual um, drummer for against me. But I just think it's it's different and it really sticks yeah. out. I said in my notes, I wrote, it's the opposite of her other music. And then I said two things that may sound negative, but I mean them in the most positive way possible. I said, right. it's plastic and it's manufactured, but I think okay. that actually works. Like, yeah. I think that that works. I yeah. think that was it really. The- so <clears throat> one thing Laura has talked about before is being really influenced by like Madonna and that yep. being like the first artist that she was into as a kid. And I don't think she's trying to do like a Madonna song here, but she's she's trying to get as close to that as she can. It's pop. You know I mean? It's like, the most pop. Yeah, it's I've definitely like a pop song, pop rock song. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really, really like the song. And I think that it continues with the exception of Axl Rose of having a fucking fantastic opening song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one final thing to talk about here is there's also an acoustic version, uh, which is song number eight. Which is a turd sandwich. Yeah, to me, like... You literally, you literally... I don't even know why it's down there. I don't either. (laughs) You've taken everything good about the song and taken it away and, like, removed it. Like, this song is good because it's a manufactured pop song. And then you're like, oh, let's do an acoustic version. And it's the absolute drizzling shits. It's just, it's like a... That's yeah, it's just it like bad. a demo. Yeah, it's, I, yeah. I didn't hate it, but I, yeah, it's not, it's like a, it's nowhere near the level of the EP version. Like, it's no, yeah. not at all. No, all right. Let's move on to song number two, which is Conceptual Paths. And I interpreted this to be a song about Laura just feeling like really lost after New Wave didn't take off the way that everybody had hoped. And uh, just like having to move forward from that and not really being sure how, just being kind of afraid of change because uh, I think everybody thought it was going to do a lot better than it did. They were getting really hyped up by the label and everyone was telling them like, oh, this your guys are going to be so huge and uh didn't really turn out that way and uh i uh i like this song what do you think about it i kind of i mean that's i i think it's that is an interesting angle that's not what i took out of it okay what did you think i feel felt like it was a couple of stone college kids uh would find this song very very deep and i was like laura could do better like this is one of those songs where i'm like she's a better writer than this. And I know again, that sounds, I think I real know. Laura is really like in her Bob Dylan face here. Maybe she's trying, like she's New trying shit, to write weird shit. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I, I just didn't think this one stuck. I, 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 think, I don't think, I think, I don't think it's one of the best songs here, but I, but I no. like it. I just I like think it. I, I, I am at this point, I have been impressed enough by her, songwriting i really am i think she's a really good songwriter i do and and i will and and that's the that maybe if that's the biggest takeaway from this podcast then that's great i think she's a really good songwriter 
But when you have a really good songwriter who writes a song that you don't necessarily think is very good, right. it's disappointing. And I that's how I feel about this song. But again, fair enough. That's just me. I, I could be wrong. This this is someone's favorite song. Every time I talk about anybody's song, I'm like, this is someone's favorite song. Maybe potentially. Sure. Right, like any, 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 like anything that I think you don't there's like. Four songs that would be good to pick as your favorite song from this album, but I don't know if that's. I'm just thinking in general. There's probably some weirdo Maybe. who loves this fucking song, and this is their favorite song. And I'm sorry for insulting your favorite song, but it, I don't like it. That's that's fine. All right, let's move on to song number three, uh, which is "Coward Sing at Night." And this is the one song here, Austin, I got to say, I just, I wasn't into. Like, so Laura, okay, you go ahead. I don't like the song, but what I think it's about made it make a lot more sense to me. See, I, Laura was not even born when Vietnam was going on. I don't think it was about Vietnam. It's literally about No, That's hear a- me out. Hear me out. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. So I'm glad you 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 heard Vietnam because when I went to Genius. Well, because that's what the lyrics say. I agree. But Genius.com says that oh, the lyrics, yeah. <laughs> did you read this? No, but on, on genius.com, they're totally wrong, right? And I'm glad you said that because I was like, I feel like I'm going fucking crazy. I'm feeling I'm like I'm being gaslit. On G- genius.com, it says, come back home from being numb, not come back home from Vietnam. That's true. Yes. But that's not the lyric. It's oh. definitely Vietnam. And this well, is song, it or isn't it? It's 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 definitely Vietnam. It has to be Vietnam. Oh, I don't this, know. Oh. No, I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna preach. I'm gonna get a little stuff. I think we got to do this over again. Hold on. You keep talking, but we're gonna. I'm gonna look this up. We may have to just do that over again because I know it's definitely that. about Vietnam. All right, hang on, hang on. But well, you just said it wasn't. No, I'm saying Genius.com said <laughs> it wasn't, but they're wrong, okay. and this is why. This I song, said I said it's about Vietnam, and you said no, it's not. I read something. <laughs> no, no, no! It is about. <laughs> Sorry, it's but it's not directly okay. about right Vietnam, now. and I'm—I I haven't gotten to that part of my point. I, I'm not. It's not directly about. Okay, Vietnam. all right. This song is a song about John McCain. What? The year this was released, John McCain was running for the president of the United States. John McCain was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. This is a song oh about Johnny come back from Vietnam. This is about John McCain. I think you might be right about that. I am right about that. I absolutely am right about that. Holy shit. I never put that together. <laughs> yes. This is about well. Johnny. Because she, she even says, without resolve, you are self-assured. With eager anticipation, you're ready for war. This is the hawk that is John McCain running for president in 2008. This is about John McCain being a war guy. And, and Dude, I'm saying, looking at the lyrics right now. I think you're 100% right. You have taught me something on this show. This is Mark Calendars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Johnny, wow. come home from Vietnam. This is it. Like, uh, come back home from wow. Vietnam. Like, this is like, dude, war is not everything. You need to get your ass straight. Well, Don't I look run. differently now. Yeah, it's it's huh. a it's a it's a very good, very critical, very po- political, very of the moment song, and I really appreciated it for that. All right, well, I was gonna say I do like the guitar riff quite a bit in this. <laughs> um, 
But no, I, I'm glad I, I, th- I, I was going to say that I thought it felt out of place. But after hearing what you just said, I do. I got to rethink this. Now I now I sound like an idiot. On well, we've had a moment. Everyone no, listening, like everyone listen is like, I knew that you dumbass. No, <laughs> <laughs> I just right. I, I just think I, like I, what I've learned. This really me. blew my mind because I I had ne- I had never thought about that, and you are a hundred percent. Yeah, because of course it's about John McCain. Yeah, come back home from wow. It absolutely is about John McCain, a hundred percent. Because I just read the lyrics like three times. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yep. Wow. That's okay. Huh. Yeah. I felt this was like the most like trying to be like Bob Dylan song though. I agree. And I didn't like it <laughs> until I kind of put the pieces together and was like, this yeah. is a song about John McCain. And then I'm I was like, have to, okay. You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something right now. All right, I'm gonna say it right here. I was going to pick this as my worst song. <laughs> And now I'm not going to do that. I I had a, I had another one in mind. I was going back and forth between the two. And I look at this song totally differently now. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. All right. That's incredible. All right. Dude, let's move on. This is a moment. I'm so happy we had this. <laughs> yeah. I never. Because I've always just kind of thought, like, why are you singing about Vietnam? Who cares? Exactly. There's no other reason. And then I was like, oh, the year he was running against yeah. Obama. Wow, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, October 2008, this came out, dude. Right, right. Damn, that's crazy. All right, okay. Let's move on to song number four, which is Amputations. I think this is one of the piggybacks on the John McCain thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is one of the best songs here. This is like a great anti-war song. I said the same thing, a li- almost literally word for word. I There's like, so many great like lyrics in here. I love the guitar. The drum machine sounds really good, but the guitar is like so loud. Like this is a really like well constructed song, and also like the lyrics are really good too. I really like this a lot. You've heard so many pro war songs as love songs. Right, like right, sure. love, love America. Yeah. I've never heard a, a an anti-war song as a love song, right. and that's essentially yeah. what this I mean. Does. The lyric, the lyric that I wrote here, doesn't everyone deserve to be young and in love? Yeah, and that's just like so perfect. Like yeah, and then the last lyric of the song is just another generation living under threat of a bomb. Right. Like, I mean, I, I this just, is a really great anti-war song. Like. I, it's this not is my a fantastic song. It's a fantastic. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite so either. Songs, but it's really, really good. But I would make the argument that as a protest song, this is the most important song in this album. Yeah, I also think this is the most against me song here. Oh, absolutely. Say just put this on New yeah. Wave, it would have been fine. Yeah. Yep, I'm surprised they didn't actually. Well, it wasn't written yet. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it came out like a year. Oh later. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still stuck in <laughs> New Wave B sides. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So let's move on to song number five, which is the most notable song uh, from this release. Uh, Murder Brian talked about this song when he was on. I feel like this, this might is, be your favorite. No, it's not. But oh, it is, okay. It is the song that before we ever did this podcast, I thought that you 
would really, really like a lot. I uh, fucking loved it. It was so good. I knew that you would. I knew. This is like, I heard that. I, well, I listened to this and I was like, I mean, I'd already heard it many, many times, but when we were doing the show, I, I listened and I was like, this is the perfect Austin song. He's going to fucking love, I love this. this song. So, so some background here. Um, this is the one song that features other musicians. Chuck Regan from Hot Water Music uh, played the harmonica, and it is actually Butch Vig on the drums. Uh, yeah, so that's a little something for Conrad. She's a big. Uh, she told me that she got into against me because uh, she was so into Butch Vig, uh, oh. and when he was working with them, they were like, "I'm gonna check that." She was like, "I love the garbage." That <laughs> uh, is my favorite music listing. Shirley Manson, she is so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I've never talked to Conrad. She uh, say, person, how do you... But I'm positive that's what she sounds like. I'm 100% sure that's exactly what she sounds like. And what, uh, what again is her uh, Twitter handle? It's, it's at Cody8MyBalls. Okay, I just wanted you to say it. Conrad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> this so, song. So good. This, this, if you were like, I want to hear what folk punk is, this is the song I'd play for you. What I what I wrote here is this is probably of all the songs she ever wrote, her most quote unquote folk punk song. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And (laughs) then then I like an idiot, and I shouldn't have done this. I did some research. Oh, it's a hundred percent a true story. Yeah. Yes, and that depressed the <laughs> shit out of me. I was yeah. like, "Oh no," because that's what we this. talked about. That's what we talked about with Murder Brian. Uh, is that it is kind of funny because she's just reading like a list of facts. It's like, and then this right. happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. It was such a bummer. Like I didn't put it together <laughs> then, but then I was like, "Oh, oh my yeah. god!" So basically, what the song story. is about is an FBI agent infiltrating like an anarchist group and convincing them to plant build a bomb, bomb. and uh, on and a dam, and then essentially like um, you know turning them in. Uh, yep, and they interviewed her later, and she talked about how much she loved John fucking McCain. Oh, really? Yeah, he's back. Yep, he's she back. Did love John. He's McCain. he's really like he's he's a lot more part of this than. And when I read that, I was like, I think my theory about um, coward singing night is about John. Mc- like it, it really it was not. I mean, it kind of it kind of gets painted this way in retrospect, but it was not a foregone conclusion that Obama was going to win, right? And I also think that like way, way, way too many quote unquote. It felt liberals. like it was going to be a lot closer than it ended up being. Right. You know what I mean? But like, but John McCain was considered at the time to be like the sensible right winger. In fact, that right. it was a fucking monster that <laughs> apparently like laundered his image to liberals. Like he, it just it was, and, and I understand. Like I can get Laura's focus on this guy going like, "Hey guys, don't be fooled by." what you see this guy is a nightmare and he is and he was and rest in piss dude like i I fuck off i don't care and and everything he touches is awful but you know whatever sorry not to get too but no no that's fine fuck that guy i think this kind of stuff you don't hear about it happening as much on the left now it's more that they infiltrate like right wing groups and convince them to like shoot up a school or something like that. It's it's the same thing is still happening, but like just in a 
slightly different way. I don't know. They they infiltrate a lot of fucking left wing groups that we just don't hear about because immediately yeah. cover a lot of like. I guess they don't go shoot anybody, and that's they don't kill anybody. No, yeah. but they don't. They, they just, just yeah, they don't get like yeah yeah. If if you're on the left and, and you just say I'm going to shoot someone, they come to your house and like no. They, they <laughs> but infiltrate. If, if you're on the right, they like, they love infiltrating. Um, uh, environmentalists and brown people. Yeah, but uh, I just knew you were going with this song. This is, I mean, it is a great song. It's so uh, good. It's I, so good. And then yeah. when you find out what it's about, you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. This is real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, this. Yeah, it's this. Yeah. I'm, I'm again, I'm, this is not my song. This is not my favorite song here, but I would absolutely say, like, if you're going to only listen to one song that we talk about today, this is the one that you have to go hear. It's the most what song, are you it's say? the most fun song. And it was my favorite absolutely. until I found out that it was a real story. And I was like, I just want to slip my wrist now. <laughs> <laughs> All but right. it's it's a shitload of fun. It's still it's a great top song. two for me, but I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's move on. Song number six is called Harsh Realms. This is one of my favorite songs, like of all time. This is like a top tier song. Like, I have no way to measure this, right? But this has got to be, I guess it's not technically an Against Me song, but it's the song of Laura's. It has to be that I've listened to the most. Like it is, this to me is just like a perfect song. Um, Nobody. Well, I won't say nobody. Almost nobody writes about anxiety. Like Laura, like she just like, you feel what she feels. And I've got one more thing to say, and then I'm going to let you go. Yeah. I think this is another one, like we've talked about before. This is one that's not explicitly about being trans, but it's definitely like about dealing with those issues. Yeah. Her uh, struggle. What do you have to say? I, so in my one sentence summation of this song, I said, yeah. and, and I don't want to, to, to like, I don't if want you didn't to, like it. You can say you don't like it. It's no, fine. no, no. I liked it, but I'm gonna. Okay. But my description of it may sound like I'm underselling it, okay. or sound or somewhat like denigrating it. But I'm not. I said this is the chillest song about having anxiety. Absolutely, yeah. And it, I and I think song, that this song is great. This song, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to this because I was like freaking out and I needed to relax. Right. No, and I and I think and it that, just. Like you can like just focus. Like yeah, and not yeah. enough people talk about anxiety. Anxiety is real. It's crippling. It's fucking horrible. If to me, that it. was like like that's why to me I became such a hardcore against me fan. Because there weren't yeah. other bands talking about this kind of stuff. And then they came like after against me, like around this time, like the 2008, 9, 10 period is like when bands are like fucking dead to me and fucking off with their heads and shit are getting going and like are heavily inspired by Laura in that same sense. And like, yeah, dude, like nobody can write about this stuff like just like as efficiently as she is. She right. It, but, you know, it's it's twofold. It's twofold, right? It's like, A, you're choosing to write about it. 
right? Yeah. Which is huge, right? Because yeah. uh, that that's a thing that not a lot of other bands do it. And B, to write it as eloquently as she did, I, I, I give huge props for this because I think that from someone who's had people around him with very like crippling anxiety, like this is, yeah, it's nice think, to see acknowledged. I think one thing that I never liked about punk uh, and definitely like why I'm not into like the eighties stuff as much as like, like dude, I don't want to hear shit. That's like macho. Right. And like mask. That's not who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm like a nervous person. Like I like <laughs> I want to hear like that's what I want to hear about. You want to like, relate? It just felt the like music. Th- there wasn't there wasn't like like there was emo and stuff, and that, which is which is a sort of a different genre and like pop punk, you know, and that kind of thing. But there wasn't like you know just like like a straight up like punk band that like the hardcore punks like that's just like hey man, it's all right to not feel great. All right, Austin, let's move on to song number seven, which is 100 Years of War. It's another great one. Yeah. This is one that, like, is sadly, like, feels very relevant. Yeah. Like, this was two full election cycles before Trump, but this actually absolutely feels like a song that is about Donald Trump. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this absolutely could have been written about, like, Trump versus Biden or Trump versus Hillary, like or or president versus president. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's like yeah. it's so it it it's perfectly written to the point that it could be about pretty much any president. Like it's very it's very explicitly about the 2008 election cycle, but we have sort of just repeated that election over every and over again four years. Yeah, yeah, every four years. So. Yes. My, 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 uh, my one sentence. I love the lyric A hundred years of war is promised Xenophobia and global warming And it's like Man You really could have written that about Joe Biden Like right now Yep absolutely My, my, my one sentence review of the song Was come on kids Let's watch the end of the world together <laughs> I What I wrote Was Every election cycle is the biggest ever, and none of them ever end up meaning anything. No, no, they don't. They all do. They all. But listen. every time, I mean, I really think this is a, a commentary on every time. This is the biggest one ever. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, this is the important one. This, this is the most important election. No, no, this time life. it's serious. If this guy wins, it's going to be really horrible, you know? And like, it just, it doesn't matter. It's not. Important. No, it doesn't matter. It's not, I mean, it's not that it's not important, but like and at the end of the day, like if Trump was president now, would things be any different? I don't no. think so. I mean, I don't no. <laughs> yeah. I, I Maybe they'd be a little bit worse, but I don't think I, like, I, I will just worse. I, my only thing is, and I'm not a, a, a Democratic stand. I'm not. I really am not. And, and And we've talked about this, I think, on this show before. The one thing I said to you going into 2020 was we're already facing a six, three Supreme court. Here's the thing about the Supreme court. They don't care about it. They don't give a shit. Nobody does. Like they like the Democrats do not care. Everyone's like, Oh, they should pack the courts. 
No, they dude, won't do it. This makes it so much so easy for them. They're loving it. They love to now, fundraise like, off of it. Now they can go. Oh man, there's nothing we can do. The court's gonna yeah. throw down everything that we do. Like yeah. So all right. I don't want to get everything. Anyway. I don't want to get too deep into politics because inevitably, inevitably, people get angry at me when I talk about politics. But let's you get angry on. at me. My, my Twitter <laughs> handle is at Griff Daddy. Come on, bring it on. I'll, I'm all right. We already talked about song number eight, Austin. So let's yeah, move on crap. to the final song. <laughs> let's move on to the final song. Number nine. I can't see you, but I know you're there. Uh, I'm the. F- what I wrote was, this is a bonus track, and that's what it feels like. My so I wrote, you can do better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> what I I I don't think this is a bad song. No, I don't. Think I it's actually, a good song either. I actually, I actually find it pretty relatable, and I I like the lyrics. Um. And I actually think it's probably like the most upbeat song here. Like it's the most positive, but like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't really click. Like it just, it's not, the lyrics are not good. They're not good. I'm sorry. They're not. Good. I can relate to your favorite song changing all the time though. Okay. That's, I get a new favorite song like every three weeks. I, I'm going to, let me, can I just, I'm going to read the lyrics because this is when I was like, okay, really, <laughs> really. And again, this goes into my, you can do better, but I get it. Uh, most of the time I feel like I don't belong relatable. Right. I get that. Right. But I got my new favorite record today. My favorites change every single day, except you. You will always be number one. And I just like that. It is pretty corny. (laughs) So I assume I'm assuming this is about Heather, who we talked about on New Wave, which, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not a fan of this one. No, Um, me neither. All right. Last thing I want to say about this album, I meant to bring this up earlier and I forgot. There are two songs that were recorded for this and were not on the album, but they were released. You're going to love this, Austin. They came out at the time on Laura's MySpace page. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, which I guess 2008 would have been like right at the tail end. Do you remember for a while there was this thing of like, well, yeah, nobody uses MySpace, but it's good for music. Do you remember right. that? And then like it was like thing for about re- a year. <laughs> yeah. Then it was like reinvented as like Justin Timberlake bought it or something. Right. And, it was reinvented yes, as, and that's yeah, when it was I done for that. good. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> the two songs here were, there is the solo acoustic version of graceful concession that we talked about a little bit earlier. And it's, pretty easy to find on youtube it's not on streaming but it is easy to find on youtube if you just type in graceful concession against me or her name it comes up but the other song is called nuclear cowboys in an age of drift i'm not going to get too deep into this one what i am going to say is i talked about before that on the final episode we are we were going to listen to a few rare and unreleased songs and I've narrowed it down to five, and that is going to be one of them. So I'm not going to say too much about it here because we are going to talk about it on a future episode. But I will say, I think you're really going to like it. I'm also going to say that if I 
knew that that was a song, I might have renamed If You Catch My Grift, Nuclear Cowboys in the Age of Grift. I really genuinely <laughs> think that's one of the best. That could be your next shirt. Holy shit, that's the best fucking title. I have another one that I'm like stewing up in my brain and I'm not going to release out in the open because I feel like someone will steal it. But Nuclear Cowboys in the Age of Grift would have been chef's kiss one of my well i will say this if you want to listen to that song now uh you can find it very easily okay. uh but we will talk about it for sure on the last episode all right all right so- all right austin that is it for heartburns brings us to the next thing that we have to do the biggest segment of the show and i went back and forth several times I changed my mind multiple times, including while we we're doing the show. Uh, I changed my answer, but I want to know what did you pick for worst song? I think it's a song you like. Okay. I'm going with Conceptual Paths. Okay. I'm fine with that. I mean, I like that song, but I can see I that. I didn't like it. I really, it's like, again, I said this earlier, but this feels like a bunch of like college freshman stone talking about shit and like going, <laughs> well, Whoa. When, this, when this came out i would have been a college junior yeah so it checks getting out getting stoned and talking dumb shit with my friends yeah, so that I checks out <laughs> uh my pick is i can't see you but i know you're there okay i uh yeah, the I originally went with Coward Sing at Night, but I I you really talked me out of that one. I really look at that song differently now. And uh but I I just like that one just like to me like I said, it just feels like there's something missing. Like it's not yeah. it's not quite what I want it to be. But uh let's move on to the best song. I want to know, Austin, what did you think was the best song here? Absolutely, hands down. No no thought. I mean, I love Anna is a Stool Pigeon, and then I okay. found out the origin story, and it depressed me a little bit. So that is the only reason it's not in the running, or it's not okay. the one. Literally, I love that song. That was a fucking great fucking song, but I got a little depressed. I, Random Hearts, 100%. Okay. My All favorite right. song on the entire that. two albums. I just I cannot. Okay, go ahead. No, I just, I, I just, it was like so catchy, and I just really, really dug that song. All right. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I cannot believe that our playlist is not going to include Anna is a Stool Pigeon because it just feels like, man, it should but be on there. I absolutely have to go with Harsh Realms. No question. I don't know, like, I don't know where this will rank in my top 10 list. It's definitely going to be on there, like in the top five. But if I'm talking like all the songs that have ever been made, like this has got to be like in my top 20, at least. Interesting. Like, yeah, this is like one of my favorite songs ever. So that brings us to the quotes. And I'm going to let you go first, because I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's pretty hard to find info about this album. Not a ton out there. Uh, She was serious. They did not do a lot of publicity for this. Uh, It's hard to find interviews that were saved. 
but uh, I have one quote, but you said you had something. So I have a quote this. for once. I'm going to contribute to this. Um, you so, had one last time too. So it's uh, not the okay. first time. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm gaining in my contribution to this podcast. Anyway, uh, she said, uh, I wanted to do something that was the complete opposite of the last record in the sense of approach. I didn't really want to think about it. I didn't want to obsess about anything. I just want to go in and play songs. I wanted to record because it'll be fun. And that's what this is supposed to be about. The next Against Me record will be a long, arduous recording and mixing process. And there will be a lot of thought that goes into that. That's not a bad thing because I love that too. But every single record I make was like that. No, but I'm sorry. But if every single record I made was like that, I would go nuts. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I think it sums up this album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the quote I have is from her book and, uh, what she says, kind of already talked about this, but, uh, here it is in her own words. She said, the label wanted me to release it under the name against me. So it would sell more copies, but I insisted it be released under my own name as a solo effort. It ended up being called Tom Gable's heartburns. This did nothing for interband relations and the label did nothing to promote it. Uh, and like I said, this, this kind of like when this came out at the time, of course I found it and I was like obsessed with it. I listened to it over and over and over. I mean, this sort of period, I would say like the 2008 to sort of like 2012 period of against me is like when I was like the most hardcore into the band. And it's also the period where like, they've just got releases coming out like all the time, like every year there's one or two things coming out. And uh, so in a way it kind of just felt like this came and went, but for me, this is something that has always stuck with me. And like this, like I said earlier is up there to me with like the best against me albums. This is absolutely fantastic. And people should definitely check it out. It just, it feels like shackles off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like I talked about this a little bit with New Wave. Is as much as I like that album, and I think it's a great album. Being a little disappointed in retrospect of like, okay, like if you're gonna just do it and you're gonna go major label and let's go full bore, then let's do it. Let's do something yeah, weird. Let's go. And this really, this really felt like okay, I've got all the production I could ever want. You know, I've got the best producer I could ever have let's let's do something interesting and uh i think like it's really pulled off well here so. yeah no i agree all right i that agree brings us to a good episode i i final I, oh go ahead sorry no i just said i wasn't i i wouldn't have been sure but i think when you when up. you hear when you hear uh <laughs> solo album like a lot of times that is not a good sign right you know what I mean? And, and 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 it was the same thing here where like it ended up not being the end of the band, but they very much felt like it was going to be at the time. Right. Like uh, I, have I, she bas- she basically said, and, and we'll talk about this more on the White Crosses episode, but she basically said at a certain point, they all sat in a big room and yelled each- at each other and were like, none of us want to do this anymore. But we signed this fucking contract, so we got to make one more album. 
Have I, and I, I don't remember because I have the memory of a goldfish, ever talked about Marky e. Smith, the lead singer of The Fall? I don't believe so, no. So Marky e. Smith had kind of a novel, rest in peace, Marky e. Smith, but he had a novel approach to um, being in a band. Okay. He said, it's a job, right? And this is a guy who was a notoriously difficult person to work with. And, and, and he almost always recorded every album with a brand new band because people hated him, hated working with him. He was pain in the ass, but he was the guy. He was the one person of in the fall that kept the band together. Like he's had, you know, he's had a few of the same lineups for a couple of bands, but he's had like 40 albums anyway. And he, people ask him about this a lot. They were like, you're, you alienate a lot of people, right? Like you, you can't keep a band together. And he said, well, it's a fucking job, you know, like yeah. you, there's new people that start at the job all the time. Why, yeah. why, why is there something sacred about a band that it has to say the same people every time. Right. Like sure. people quit jobs and start jobs all the time. So I don't understand why this is, and he's British and he was yeah. like, he's a very distinct accent, very distinct voice. But I, I always think about that when we talk about like band lineups, when I talk about band lineups, I think about it because I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. Because if this is any other workplace uh, outside of a band, that makes sense. You, you change members, people quit, people join, people leave, whatever. And, and I think that that's fascinating because for some reason with a band, we're like, this is the perfect lineup. Like the, the, the Rolling Stones wouldn't be this. Sure. this. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, cause I don't know where else I'll have an opportunity to talk about this. So I will talk about this cause this is something I have always felt sort of uh, strongly about, and this is not the popular opinion to have. It's a very similar situation with the band, the misfits. Uh, yep. where eventually Glenn Danzig left gone left the band and in the 90s Jerry and Doyle were like hey man uh like people are listening to our music all of a sudden and they weren't before and like why don't we do something here like why yeah. don't we capitalize on this and uh Danzig was just like I don't fucking want anything to do with that and uh but basically, they got the rights to go and perform as the Misfits with like a new singer. And eventually they kicked him out and Jerry took over as a singer. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of people that really frustrates and uh, makes them angry. And it's like, listen, man, I don't I, like I don't I don't think Jerry only is like a great singer. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Uh, but I do think like I, I remember I went to see the Misfits in like 2009 or 10. And it's like, it's, it's kind of like what we've talked about before, man. It's just kind of a, like, I bet if I listened to that, like, a, like just a recording of that show, you would I would like, go no. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like the best, but on the night it was, it's just fun to like yeah. hear those songs and like, you know, I mean, yeah. and it's like, to me, a band is the songs. Yeah. And like, I don't have like a super personal connection with like the the people in the band. And I don't that, mean that, that and I don't my, mean that in a negative way. No, but that's but my like, point. It's, <laughs> yes, it's, absolutely. It's like I, I just to me, it doesn't matter if they want right. to say we're the misfits and go perform as the misfits. That does that doesn't take away from like the original in any way. 
but it's like, hey, we're out there if you want to come see us. You know, <laughs> I just think that there's a difference between performance and creation, right? Absolutely. Like, sure. Performance is like, hey, I know these guys are going to be great no matter who's in the band because they're putting the best people in the band. Creation is, wow, they've replaced almost all the members of this band and they're not good anymore. Like, I, right. I understand, like, those yeah. are two things that can exist separately. And I just yeah. think that. I, I don't we know. will eventually get to the point with against me where there are some uh, lineup changes, but not next time. No, I think we should wrap time, it up. Next time, Austin, we are going to be talking about something a little different. Is it a full length album? Please don't stick me with any EP. Sort of. Sort of. Oh, no. It, we're going to be listening to the original Cowboy. Uh, we talked about before when they recorded as the Eternal Cowboy, they recorded two versions of the album, uh, the version that was released and sort of a test version. Uh, so what this is, is going to be that that early version of the album. Uh, this was released by Fat Records. Uh, and uh. basically it was like, <laughs> hey, we all we own the. <laughs> we own the these songs and uh we know if we put against me on the front of an album that that will sell like a certain amount of copies and uh so but let me sell you on this sauce okay because Dwayne, i love you but you're gaslighting the shit out of me right now this is like <laughs> third episode in a row now and like, i told you that we were gonna have four in a row that were that were weird i told four. you Four. Yeah, yeah, only three. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, hey man, I told you that. Okay. All, All right. right. I'm game. This is what I'm gonna say. It's only 22 minutes. And Austin, think of it this way. You've already heard this album. Yeah. So you don't have to listen to this a bunch of times. You know what That's I mean? True. You can just listen to That's this true. once or twice and All you right. got the gist of it. All right. I'm gonna say this. I debated skipping these. Like I went back and forth. No, no. And I ultimately decided that they exist. So we should talk about them. No, I, I'm I'm all about the completion. And no I do think, I do think there's two of these. Okay. There's this one. And then the episode after that, we'll be doing uh some demos for searching for former clarity. I think there's some hidden gems here on both of these. Okay. All right, good. All right. And I think like it's it's worthwhile to listen to these. But in the meantime, but, I'm gonna rob some banks to have some interesting fucking stories to talk about. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. Maybe we'll take questions again. We can do it. That went well. And uh yeah, I don't know what we'll have to talk about because I'm not going to any concerts in between now and then. So we'll come up with something though. We'll well, there may be a shorter episode, but We'll be here. We'll talk about that album to some extent, like we did with the live album. I definitely think we'll have questions. But uh, if you want to ask questions, you can send them to me at Age of the Fever on Twitter. You can also send them to me, and then I will forward them to Dwayne at Griff Daddy or Austin if they are a fan of this show. And they want to contact Austin on Twitter. 
and they can join the If You Catch My Grift Discord. Absolutely. And you can it, ask us anything you want. Anytime. Any Anybody who wants to join that. So I have said this in the last episode. You don't have to be part of our Patreon. I want to blast our um discord out and 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 just i want i want people to come in that are there for me because i think yeah. that makes charlie and dalton feel bad and i find that funny i so, do too i'm gonna blast this out right after this episode posts and i'm gonna say anybody wants to come to our discord channel come on you don't have to pay the the patreon for if you catch my graph let's just do it let's 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 be a community because right. We have so much overflow, and Dwayne is a massive part of If You Catch My Grift. So, yeah, come on. Let's join. Let's have fun. Let's do things. All I right. get drunk and say stupid shit on the Discord, but that's just that's what they do. I think that's what, what like, 90% of the people in there do. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. There's a show playlist. If you want to search for Against Austin on Spotify, it pops up. Basically, what we put on there is our choices for best songs and whatever song I put on the end of the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's basically just a collection of songs that I really like. And Austin doesn't have a lot of say. <laughs> but uh, I've never I've never I'm going to be totally honest. I've never once asked him, hey, well, you want to put a song on the end of this? The last thing I want to say, because it didn't come up here, is uh, please. Whatever you do. Don't, t- don't let Lord Jane Grace know about the podcast. It's very, it's very embarrassing. Uh, and I would feel bad if she listened to it. And because a couple of these songs we shit on pretty hard and she'd be like, hey, I, I, I tried really hard on that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Laura, I love you. And I think you're we amazing. love you. I, we love but, you. We um, incredible. Please don't please cut this off if you're listening. All right. Uh, <laughs> although if you made it this far, I guess we're fucked anyway. High school summer vacation. On heavy rotation, it spills through broken PA speakers. We are older now, and the same things get us going. At least I can't admit it. The best years of our lives were spent in some stranger's basement, medley made of empty cans and X's, and that radical romantic. Conversation about how we're all like mutants who found each other by chance through rock and roll music. Clench fist, eyes wild, scream over the records you hopefully compile while I put my bad faith into practice. I sit at home on Saturday night, ease into false sense of superiority no art degree no conservatory just katie and me and whatever we are drinking to diminish our diplomacy if you can't appreciate the art appreciate the air
consistency And the disappointment isn't surprising So you never swim You sing songs to clean your fingernails too And you lose me the 